Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this very special episode where we have an interview for you with our good friend and newly published author, Amy Rakow, who just published the book, I Love You, I Know, Lessons in Love and Friendship. And Amy has been a friend of the podcast for many, many years, has been on the podcast a long time ago, (laughs) one of our very first interviews actually on the show, I think. She is the founder of the 365 Star Wars Project, which initially started as a website highlighting women in Star Wars and has been continuing for three, four years now, a very long time. And she has recently published her very first book through Star Wars, I Love You, I Know, Lessons in Love and Friendship. And we got to talk to her today all about it. And it was lovely and great. And we are so excited for Amy. Yeah, this book is really adorable. It's super cute. It's a great size. And it makes I mentioned this in the in the interview, but I think it really does make a really cute Valentine's Day gift for yourself, for your friend, for someone you love. It's a collection of exactly what it says, lessons in love and friendship. And just it's nice. We talked about this with Amy, but it's nice to see some relationships that maybe you wouldn't even think about be recontextualized in this book. And it's really it's a joy to read. So I just thought it would be fun to read a passage from this book because I think that there's a lot of really great passages in here. And I really loved this one between Leia and Amalyn Haldo from The Last Jedi. So this is in the friends section. And I thought this would be good because, you know, Caitlin and I are BFF. So it says, be the spark. Although General Leia Organa and Amalyn Haldo have a lifelong battle against the Empire in the First Order on their hands, they always maintain their support for one another. True friends look out for each other and inspire one another to do their best. When your friend is facing an uncertain future or they are about to take on a significant challenge at work, stick by their side and be the spark of encouragement they need to keep going. And there's a quote that says, too many losses. I can't take any more. Sure you can. You taught me how. I love that moment. It always makes you cry. So I wanted to read that. We're really, really excited for Amy's book. If you already have it, that's amazing. I hope you stick around for this interview because we even talk about her time at Skywalker Ranch and a lot of other random stuff. So I hope you enjoy this interview. And without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, so we are so excited to welcome back to Sky Talkers, Amy Rickow, our great friend who just recently published an adorable book that I think makes a perfect Valentine's Day gift for your friends, your loved ones. It's called I Love You, I Know, Lessons in Love and Friendship. So welcome back to the show, Amy. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, we're so excited. You were on the show Back in 2017, we did this episode with our friend Danny about fan-created media, and it was in the very beginning of your amazing 365 Women in Star Wars project, and it was like in the beginning of the year, or it was like mid-year. I can't remember now. And we were just awestruck about how cool that project is, and it's still going because it's amazing. And (laughs) you now have this great book out, and we couldn't be more proud or excited. Oh, thank you. No, I mean, it was pretty early on in the year that the true 365, where there was actually 365 posts that year. So I remember it was a big deal to me that you guys invited me on. And now it's a big deal again. <laughs> oh, we're really happy that you're here. Uh, we always love talking with you. So why don't we start right in the beginning? Why don't you tell us the story about how this book came to be? And What's the story of this book? Anyone who has followed me on Twitter for the last couple of years knows that anytime there was like a shoot your shot, like put out into the universe what you want, that like my response was always, always, I would like to write a Star Wars book for DK. And I don't know if I always said DK, but I think sometimes I really did because I was really always a fan of Star Wars reference books. And then, you know, I got the magic email last summer where uh, an editor, Pamela Afram, who was my main editor for this book, said, we have this idea for a book. They had the title. They actually had the, the four or five categories of love that the book covers. And they were like, we want you to write the text for it. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, ha, 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 yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would, I would like to do that. Yes, I would. And so it was a very quick project. It had a very aggressive deadline. Well, for me, an aggressive deadline. I had to turn in everything. I think it was 13 days after I got that email. Oh my gosh. And I think it was because it was going to be marketed for 
you know, a very specific date, which is Valentine's Day. And I did work. I mean, like there was lots of work on the book after that. So it wasn't like a rushed thing, but like, so they had time to design the books and to figure out the graphics and, you know, go through all the approvals. We needed kind of the the pairings and all of the, like the text and the lessons and the quotes and all of that very quickly. And so luckily it actually happened at a time that my family was going on a camping trip that I did not want to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I can't go. I have to write this book. You know? <laughs> and so I was really able to, this was like summer, which was, you know, it was just obviously a weird summer for everyone because it was mm-hmm. 2020. But like, that was my first time in months that I was like actually at home in my house. But like, all I did was I just immediately started rewatching Star Wars, rewatching some of the animation because I had to give them very, very, very quickly my ideas of who the pairs were going to be. And they did let me know early on that they wanted it to be a film heavy book, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of made me sad because I was like, oh, but animation, you know, like, but I actually think that you could have a whole other book about just animated pairs. Yeah. Sequel. Um, And they did (laughs) like to have a couple in there, but they really did want it to be film heavy book. And that really did help in the end, because if I was able to include animation and video games and books and comics like that, it was already so hard because the great thing about Star Wars is that like my list of pairs was 50 long. I mean, it like it would just, you know, it just once you start thinking of them, like all of them just come up. And so it, concentrating on the movies and making sure that fans of all 11 movies would feel like there was something in there specifically for them really became kind of a focus. And then I did try to sneak as much animation in as I could. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it was actually like almost better to have that structure of leaning more towards the film because like you were saying, once once you like open the pool up to everyone, there's so many options. Then it's like, okay, how do you how do you narrow it down? How do you pick? It was hard because I mean, you know, like I knew I wanted there to be a mom relationship, but and I knew that I wanted there to be a dad relationship, but there are so many of them and trying to, there are so many siblings and there are so many friendships, like trying to figure out, you needed the lesson to be a little bit different because you didn't want the lesson to be too repetitive. And so that kind of sometimes instructed which pairs ended up in and which pairs didn't end up in. If you just had several that were very similar. The nice thing about my 365 Star Wars Women project is it is a never ending project. And so I never feel like I'm leaving anyone out. Um, <laughs> and this was very different because I just was constantly wanting other people to to get in there. Yeah, I have to say my favorite pairing in the book is probably Krennic and the Death Star. Oh, thank you. That is my... Like, <laughs> You know, like I, they, you know, it was funny at the very beginning, they were like, you know, we want this to be a lighthearted and funny book. And I was thinking about Star Wars and I take Star Wars really, really seriously. Same. And I was like, how can it be a funny book? Like everybody's dead. Like all of the stories, like, all of the romances are like, they all, like everyone's divorced and dies and it's all very tragic, you know? But I was like, wait, 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 no, like, you know, like that's, you know, we're not talking about the ending. Like we're talking about the love. So I had to kind of, you know, sometimes you take Star Wars a little bit too seriously and you're like, what is this book? What am I doing? But when I was rewatching Rogue One, I, you know, I, you just see that scene of Krennic looking and seeing the Death Star like you know he's like oh it's beautiful I'm like that is love and so I'm gonna like pitch this and I told my husband and he thought that I was insane he's like are you sure about that I was like I think I think it's gonna work and uh and luckily it did no it's hilarious I was reading it and I laughed out loud (laughs) it was so funny and I love the end of it too where you write about him having you have to have new perspective sometimes and all I could think about was the first scene where Krennic is above the Death Star and then of course at the end when the Death Star is above him and oh I I love it new perspective really really (laughs) changed everything for him (laughs) it was so funny but what were some other things that you discovered when writing this book a new character a backstory like you you do take Star Wars very seriously and you know so much about it but was there anything that kind of surprised you when pitching all of these different pairings well it's funny because there were a couple that I felt when I wrote them down I was like I really really hope that they say yes to these because if like Leia and Holdo aren't in there and if the Tico sisters aren't in there like I'm gonna push back you know (laughs) like just because Mm -hmm. to me like I have a sister and seeing sisters in a Star Wars movie, even though they weren't, they didn't share any screen time, like that was really meaningful to me to see that the sister relationship uh, on the screen. And the same with Leia and Holdo and their friendship. 
you know, I think that the sequel trilogy is really just completely full of a lot of relationships too. And I realize these are both from the same movie, obviously The Last Jedi, but I don't think of Star Wars so much. I think about it like as in groups of people. And I think about it as individuals when I write about them, you know, for 365. But when I really thought about the pairs, I got very attached to the ideas of certain pairs being in there where I felt like I was going to, you know, I was going to fight for them <laughs> being in there. And it also, in some in some cases, I really felt like, you know, my first idea for Padme and Anakin for their page was going to be kind of like, you know, I was like, well, what kind of relationship advice would you give there? And I was kind of like, no one to no one to get out of that relationship, you know, like with Padme. It was like, this isn't working. Like, I need to get out. But when I sent that in, they kind of wanted something that was more Anakin focused. Not Anakin. They didn't say Anakin focused, um, but they kind of, you know, changed it around a little bit. And I think that it made it more of a positive lesson. Yeah. And I think that it was interesting that when I think of Padme and Anakin, I think of it very, very from Padme's point of view. When I think of Kira and Han, I think of that from Kira's point of view only and not so much uh, Han. And so it was interesting to kind of take a moment to kind of see the relationships from both sides of the characters when normally I was only really concentrating on on the women. Totally. I think that's really interesting. And I could totally see how that could happen. Uh, what do you hope readers get out of the book when they have it in their hands? I mean, I hope they really, it's kind of, you know, built to be a little bit like a, like a gift giving thing, but like that gift can also be to yourselves. I was joking with some recently, I was like, I've gifted myself many Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it's, I hope that people can just connect to why they love Star Wars and, or if they give it to someone or if they share it with like someone in their family who maybe isn't a Star Wars fan or like doesn't understand why I love Star Wars so much. It kind of just reminds you a little bit of like what makes these characters special, what makes a story special. And because without the relationships, the whole battles between, you know, good and evil, light and dark, they just don't mean as much. Yeah, completely. I always love books like these or just books of that Star Wars produces that recontextualize the characters and consider I don't know. I, I can't get enough, really, of reading about characters and their histories and how they're perceived and everything like that. I, I know that's like a kind of an abstract thing to say, but I think that's part of why we love to buy Star Wars books and Star Wars like memorabilia, because we can't wait to see what they write about our favorite characters or how they're going to perceive this relationship that we've really latched on to. And I loved that when I was reading your book because I got so many, it really jogged my brain about how many cool relationships there really are in Star Wars that don't necessarily come to my head right away. I think I really loved that you included Rose and Paige in there. I think that's so important. And it's like something that I think Star Wars should celebrate as much as they possibly can because we have these two sisters who had such an unbreakable bond and that both, you know, suffered a tragedy and how do they overcome that. And I I don't know. I just really liked uh, that section in particular. Yeah. I, I like books where you don't have to read it in order. You know, yeah. it's nice with some reference books where you can just kind of open it up and whatever page you're on, like you can just kind of take that as it is. I like that all of the relationships in the book, whether it's Chewie and Han or Han and Leia, like that both of those relationships are given equal weight mm -hmm. and are shown to be kind of equally as important in yeah. the book. Because I do think that that, you know, at first I was like, oh my gosh, there's like way too much Han in here, but I wanted to include so many other the other characters that he interacted with. And because Han has so many dynamic relationships and Leia and Luke and, and Anakin and a lot of these characters, because they have so many dynamic relationships, that makes them as a character more interesting because it's not just about a romance or it's not just about a master Padawan relationship. They have such rich lives that you really get to know, you know, a lot more about their story. And and for me, one of the biggest challenges is that I really write pretty strictly reference mostly. I do kind of, you know, some kind of, you know, deep dive analytical stuff, but a lot of the stuff I do is really, really referencey. And I struggled at the beginning of with this book because I would just write a page of this is why this relationship is amazing and this is their history and like this is all this but like that's just not what this book is like this book is more about the connection to the reader and you know like something you can take from there than it is about defining the characters but I enjoyed my kind of process of kind of doing all of that because it really it made me want to write more about these characters in general yeah, I think that's such a good point because 
so often I think in a lot of storytelling and and particularly like like thinking about like romance and stuff, it's like, oh, that's the relationship. Like that's what you're looking for is the romance. Like that's what characters are often striving for in a lot of different stories or like that's the reward sometimes at the end, like the happily ever after is with a romantic partner. But to be able to like highlight that, no, someone like Han has, like you said, like really dynamic relationships that are equally weighted, I think is is really important and something that I think all of our uh, media and <laughs> stories could really emphasize more <laughs> because sometimes I feel like that is not always what's being presented to us. But I did want to touch on something else that you said, Amy, about like this book is almost for the reader more than like going through, you know, this is where Han and Chewie met and this is where they became friends and and all of that. And that's something that I've really loved about Star Wars and kind of like what Charlotte was saying too about the different types of books that get published from the Star Wars <laughs> franchise is that the point of them is different. And the fact that like we all, so many of us have such like a, a strong connection to Star Wars in our real life relationships. I don't know. I just think it's really special that you got to write this book that is about Star Wars, but it's for the reader and not so much reference. I don't know if I'm really making sense. No, I think, it, I mean, it is. I mean, like, I think that, you know, I don't know if you'd even classify this as a reference book because it is much more just kind of like, I don't even know what you would call it, but and, you know, and it was interesting because it took a while for me to kind of, you know, even though like they, there are several books that are this kind of a similar format, like uh, Be More Leia, Be More Lando, Be More Yoda, like they have kind of a similar thing, which it was just those are focused on one character, of course, and these were more about pairs. But the more I worked on this book, like the more kind of personal it really became to me because it really was about finding I, I'm very aware of like how Star Wars fans don't feel the same way about different movies. They don't feel the same way about different characters. They don't feel the same way about relationships and, you know, what the relationships even are between some characters. And so I kind of felt at first weighted down by that because I wanted, you know, you want everyone to be happy and you want everyone to like it. But it became easier when I realized that the point of this book wasn't really just saying like, this is the be all end all of what this relationship is. It was more just kind of taking one little aspect from the relationship and trying to connect it to your own life. Like with, you know, I love the, ha the Hera and Kanan, like that quote, I can't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's like, you know that I love you. You're like, do I, you know, like, or you know how I feel about you. And I'm like, do I, you know, like, which is such a funny moment to me in the series because they are, I think, probably the most healthiest romantic relationship in Star Wars. Yet they had this funny kind of disconnect where they weren't saying I love you, you know, openly as like you might think that they would. And if I was writing, if someone, you know, was like, Amy, stand up and tell everyone everything you know about Kanan and Hera, that probably wouldn't be what I would lead with. <laughs> You know, like that they didn't say I love you, but like it was perfect for this book because that's a highly relatable, I think, thing is that if you sometimes if you're in a relationship and you are, you know, Hayden and Kara, like they took care of everyone else, but they didn't always take care of their own kind of needs. They put their, you know, they put other people's needs in front of sometimes their own needs. Yeah, they it was it was hard for them to define the relationship. <laughs> You mentioned uh, when you were just now talking about like as people, both of us, all of us are very heavily involved in like the online Star Wars fandom. And um, sometimes you said it almost felt like you were weighed down by expectations of the fandom in some instances. How do you kind of get yourself out of that mindset of, you know, I'm not going to please everyone on everything for every single relationship that's included, not included in this book? I feel like that must have been hard to kind of reset your mind when starting to actually get down to business and writing this. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I really would come up every now and then I would worry about it. And I'm like, oh, like people are going to be sad that these people are in the friend category or that these people aren't in it or that something I wrote about it, like people are going to get mad. And it turns out that no one's gotten mad, <laughs> so which is great. But I think that because I know kind of what you, I read and, you know, hear like different podcasts and know everything that, you know, I don't know everything that everyone is thinking about, but I, it, would, it would play mind tricks on me because I think that everyone has seen people get mad at other people, on, you know, based on something yeah. they wrote about Star Wars. And so, you know, it's kind of always in your mind, but I really just had to focus on the characters and I had a really, really great editor. I mean, there was an amazing team that put this book together and it was great just being able to kind of 
knowing that other people, you know, I wasn't just writing this on my own and then just like immediately getting printed, like it was going through a lot of different people. And so that kind of helps you feel a little bit better about it. But I mean, you can really, if you, if you, for me anyways, like I really definitely had moments where I was just like, man, like everyone's going to be mad at me. Like I wrote a book about love and everyone's going to be mad at me. (laughs) I, I feel like the weight of expectation is just, I mean, I feel it. Caitlin feels it. I feel like we all feel it. And just like, how do we get past that when I, I don't know, I I feel like it's such a thing. It's a hard thing as a writer, as a creator, for sure. I wanted to say that I, I was thinking about the way that you had talked about like approaching it from a lesson versus like approaching it from like a character down. It's more like lesson down. I think that that's a really fascinating way to, I mean, not, I think it's fascinating, but I also think that it's probably the best way to approach writing because you write from theme, right? And I feel like that's the theme that you're choosing from. You're choosing, you're really, you know, you're, go, you're going from the point of view of, what am I trying to say here? you mean <laughs> yeah I know I know you know what I mean I feel like it's thematic rather than like a timeline yes yes thank you Caitlin it is I just feel like it's like you get stronger writing that way you know there isn't a lot of text in this book you don't have a lot of like real estate to work with and when I first did here are the here are the 25 or thir- I think that like I initially pitched they asked me to pitch 30 because they were going to be 25 and they wanted there to be extras so they could Lucasfilm could help figure out which ones they wanted to have in there And, you know, I had pairs and I immediately thought of quotes, but I didn't actually, and then I had to go back and then like realize that sometimes the quote that I came up with that like was basically probably my favorite quote from them wasn't necessarily like at all related to the lesson that my editor and I came up with for the pair. And so then the the quote would have to change. And the lesson really, like the more you get into it, the more you become, that really is the focus of it. And the table of contents has friendship and family and it's complicated and enduring love and true love. I think that those are all of the categories, but you'll notice that like, it doesn't say Ray and Ben, Chirrut and Bays, Han and Chewie. Like it says the lesson rather than that, which kind of just drives home the fact that it really is more about the emotions and just how I think that, you know, in, in the galaxy far, far away with all of these creatures and all of the ships and all of like the force, like, you know, all of that obviously isn't in our own world, but so much of what the characters are going through is highly relatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you're talking about with uh, Kanan and Hera of that quote was not the one that kind of jumps to your mind initially when you think of that pairing, but with the lesson, with the theme, it it works so perfectly. And I think, like you said, that one is probably one of the ones that I think is most relatable for a lot of couples uh, in the real world. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, with Ahsoka and Anakin, like it would have been a completely different quote, a completely different lesson if it would have been different parts of their story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we had kind of already talked a little bit about your 365 project, but how did that influence the writing of this book? Well, with 365, I really, they're, they're both were exercises in concise writing, um, which is basically just trying to kind of get a point across, you know, with not, you know, very many words, which sometimes is easy and sometimes can be really, really, really hard. And yeah. with the characters, when I would do character profiles for 365 Star Wars, I always wanted the first line to explain who the character was. And I didn't want it just to say, like, Lyra Urso was the mother of Jin and the wife of Galen. I always wanted, you know, I was more like, she's a scientist. <laughs> like, that's who she is. And then, like, the second sentence could be how she's related to other characters in the story. Like, I really tried to talk about these female characters, especially ones that really didn't have very much story, to kind of give them a life on their own so they could stand on their own. Mm-hmm. And with this book, it was more a focus of them with the pairings. And so when I would kind of rewatch some of the films, like I, I zoomed through the sequel trilogy and only watched the scenes that were Ray and Finn talking to one another, which is wonderful. <laughs> like I, I want to recommend that. Like if you have it, like every time they're on the screen together and they're like, you know, chatting or they're hugging and, you know, and stuff like that. And it really kind of helped me zero in and 
really focused on like what actually like I always loved Ray and Finn and their friendship but like what is it about their friendship what is it that makes them unique from other relationships Mm -hmm. and so it really was kind of a narrowing of your perspective to really just kind of focus on why are you know Han and Chewie so amazing why does Obi-Wan and Satine break my heart every single year I watch that (laughs) (laughs) myself watch it once a year you know life to the heart But, you know, but why do all of these relationships, you know, speak to me and speak to so many other Star Wars fans? Totally. How has the project changed since you started it? I mean, I think when we had you on the show, it was still like only women who were included in it, like story, uh, story bound women. And now it's, it's expanded so much. So I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. After the first year of 365 Star Wars Women, I did change it just to a website that's 365 Star Wars. I have like one section that still is just 365 Star Wars Women, and that's pretty much remained the same where I just talk about a lot of characters. But I do, I try to do more and more um, interviews with women who work behind the scenes um, in Star Wars. And I just kind of did my, you know, rounds of people who have helped me in the past connect with people. And so I'm very excited to get more interviews with people who work in publishing and ILMX. X-Lab and stuff like that. I always just find it fascinating to understand the different jobs that people have that, you know, yeah. can connect with Star Wars. But I also like just really enjoy writing geeky reference stuff for the website. And I interview podcasts to kind of, you know, get the word out about more Star Wars podcasts. I'm starting to write about Indiana Jones films, which, you know, Lucasfilm, that still counts. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah 100%. <laughs> But it's nice, even though I write for a couple of professional places now, like I really do value just having my own kind of fun place where I can just kind of rant and rave about whatever I like. But it's really, really nice that the 365 project can be an ongoing thing, just because I think that there are just so many women that work in Star Wars that you never really, you never hear about. And the same is true for men. I mean, like there's lots of people who work in Star Wars that you never, you know, really see the interviews with, but I love Mm -hmm. being able to interview people who have never been interviewed before. (laughs) Like that, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, absolutely. I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I've used your site. Even when we are interviewing someone who's worked on Star Wars, I use your site all the time to see I love your interviews um, with people and everything. I feel like it, I hope you know that people really do use it as a reference point and that I, I'm on it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's your work that you've done. I think that it's so interesting that you talk about like it was an exercise in being concise. And that's something that I think that people probably appreciate a lot more because we have things like Twitter, which limits our character limit about how much we can talk and blog about (laughs) basically. Right. But I think that in writing, right, there's this, usually when you, when you learn about creative writing or any sort of writing, when it comes to like the form, understanding how to write a short story is really difficult and it can be tough to get things across. And then you even shrink that even more to like a reference point. And I love the way that you frame it about you don't want the character to be defined by someone else, but instead stand on their own. And I'm sure that that can be a challenge. And it it can be a challenge to like be concise and be uh, also consistent too. I think that that's something that your project is was so cool, especially when it started uh, about like, okay, every day, here we go. Here's a cool Star Wars character that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, or a creator (laughs) that you haven't heard of. And I've learned so much. And that's my long-winded way of saying thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like, I really function on like, I do it. I do something every single day or like, it holds to no schedule whatsoever. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, well, why don't you just do it like twice a week? I'm like, eh, that just doesn't actually somehow work. I'm not even sure why. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do enjoy it. And I, you know, there's so many great projects coming out with the High Republic and like a whole bunch of cool video games. And there's still so many Legends things that I talk about concise writing. Sometimes I would see a character from a Legends comic series and I would have to read 20 pages of Wikipedia, like all these different listings. And I still wasn't exactly sure like what the heck was going on like <laughs> this Legends comic series uh yeah. and, and I, I've talked to a couple people who like are big fans of the comic series and I can't remember what it is right now and they're like oh yeah no it's like it's, it's it, yeah it doesn't make sense it's like, it's <laughs> there is no concise writing when it comes to that I'm like okay well that's good because I tried my best <laughs> that's hilarious actually uh one thing I really wanted to ask you about and this has come up in the past 
on I've heard you talk about it on Twitter and I think we talked about it a little bit after we last recorded in 2017 but I wanted to hear a little bit more. I want to hear about your past projects and that one time you worked at Skywalker Ranch. I know, I know it seems you know <laughs> everything before 2020 seems like it was like 8 years ago and this was before <laughs> I had kids and was married so this really feels like it was different Amy. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, I was a film studies major in college and I worked in film preservation for many, many years. And most of that was in uh, Los Angeles, where I worked at archives and film labs. And actually, I worked at uh, YCM Laboratories, which is the lab that did the work for the special editions. But that had happened before I was there. I actually literally like started working there shortly after that happened. And I was like, dang it, you know, like, uh, like, I, you know, like that would have been cool to have been there. But um, I ended up moving up to the Bay Area and was able to get a short-term contract job at the Lucasfilm Film Archives, which was in Skywalker Ranch. And it was hilarious because I lived, uh, I had moved up there basically to kind of figure out if I was going to marry my boyfriend at the time. I did. <laughs> We've been married for 15 years. That worked. <laughs> but uh, he, he lived in Mountain View. And if you were from the Bay Area, you know that Mountain View and Skywalker Ranch up in Marin County are not close to each other whatsoever. They're like I on opposite sides. It was an hour and 40 minute drive oh. each way. Oh no. But I was like, but it's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <We're> like, <laughs> you have to do it. And like, so I listened to so many audiobooks and I would I would be like, is the audiobook at least 30 hours long? Like that's what I'm going for. Oh my gosh. But I basically, you know, I did that long drive and worked up there and it was a really fun job. I, uh, you know, it was, it was funny because it was, it was, a, it was a step backwards career-wise in a variety of ways because it was like not, you know, it was a very, very like entry-level position and I'd kind of worked up to kind of a higher thing. But again, it was Star Wars and I was like, you know, there's no way I'm not going to do it. But Skywalker Ranch is really an amazing place, which you might have heard <laughs> from other people. <laughs> um, but it was also extremely isolating, my experience there, because the archive building is kind of way far off from everyone else. And there was only one other person who worked in the film archive. And literally the film archive, most film archives look like the end scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what I picture. In the big warehouse. That is very, very accurate of like what it looks like. And it's cold, you know, because like their temperature control sometimes. And usually the area you're working in is not, you know, like controlled. But but then upstairs, there were a couple of archivists who, and then they like upstairs, there was, you know, basically a museum of Star Wars stuff, which was amazing. And I would always like make up excuses to go up there, even though I had no business to be up there. <laughs> but, like that's where like, you know, Han and Carbonite was and the model of the Death Star being constructed in Return of the Jedi, like all of that stuff was just there and you could just wander around and, you know, and see it. And there, at the time, it was really kind of locked down because they were filming Revenge of the Sith. Wow. Uh, and so there were like models from Kashyyyk and other, you know, oh, things so in cool. there. But but yeah, no. So but, but I mean, there were like there would be days where I wouldn't see anyone, like unless I went to lunch in the big White House. Um, <laughs> which I did a lot just because I wanted to kind of, you know, explore and see people. But I wish I would have been able to meet more people. But there just weren't that many people there. And my job didn't give me excuses to meet a lot of people. And I, you know, at the time was like pretty shy and just feeling a little bit overwhelmed. But it's funny now because I mean, you know, Tracy Canobio, who works in publicity, like she was working at Big Rock Ranch at the time, like down the street, like I could have met her, like Kristen Hidalgo is there, like Leland Chi was there. And like, I've met all these people now. But like, it's just bizarre that, you know, it's kind of come full circle where like, now I like, you know, can chat with these people. And we were all at the same place at the same time years ago, but we I didn't meet any of those people when I was there. That's so funny. I think that's so interesting. Skywalker Ranch is such like an enigma. I feel like I I feel like I've I've researched it a little too much, but also I still don't exactly know what all is there. <laughs> so I totally uh I get what you're saying about, you know, it's probably hard to meet people and everything like seems so far apart because it's it's a very big property. It's like five, six thousand acres or something, and not everything is right next door. <laughs> you know, I would have to like basically go through a walk through the woods. There was this really beautiful bridge I would go just to like get to lunch. I mean, it was really like, I mean, you know, I really felt like I was isolated among the isolated. And, and then another thing that made it harder for me to meet people is that Lucasfilm had a ton of really great events for their employees on the weekends. But because I was so far away, 
I really didn't go to a lot of those. Although I did go to the most amazing Halloween party and Christmas party that the company threw. And both times I walked right past George Lucas and I thought about (laughs) saying something, but then I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I would say. So you just kind of like wave or like smile like, hey, hey, George, thanks for having me here. (laughs) That's so cool. I feel like you always hear about the infamous um, like Lucasfilm, what is it, like family picnic, and then there are like Christmas parties. I feel like that's... Yeah, and I wasn't there during that. I started shortly after the, I think it's like the 4th of July, like they have the family picnic. And sadly, I, I would have gone, but I was there a little bit less than a year and it didn't overlap with that. But the Halloween party was pretty funny because, um, so this was the year right before they opened the Presidio. And the Halloween party, they had these huge gifts that like, I mean, prizes for, you know, like the best Halloween costume. Uh But you were literally competing against the people that made, you know, the costumes (laughs) for the films and like everyone at ILM and, you know, like all of these people. Oh my gosh. And so the person who won the costume was like this group of four people literally built this dinosaur that was like a life-size dinosaur and like walked it in. And everyone was like, oh yeah, I think you won. (laughs) I bet they worked on Jurassic Park too. Like, okay, is that fair? (laughs) No, I mean, like, but I mean, it was, I mean, that's why it was the best Halloween party I will ever go to. It's just because, you know, there was someone who was like the magic mirror from Snow White. Oh there, was all of, there were all of these like completely amazing costumes. And I don't even remember what my husband and I went at, but like, you know, we were just kind of like there. Cow <laughs> like, girl, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> That sounds so, that sounds, it's like the, you've seen the promised land basically. So. <laughs> and, well, it was funny because I, uh, there was a couple of days where my boss wasn't there. And so I answered the phone when he normally would have answered the phone. And it was someone from London who needed from music elements for something that they were working on. And so I, you know, went to the archives and I found it and I got on a palette. And I mean, because if you're not familiar with film elements, like they're huge, they're heavy. It's impossible to find whatever you're looking for. Like, I mean, it really is like, you know, needle in a haystack unless you've got a really, really good system. But I figured out and I shipped them to London. And then that got me my one kind of Star Wars credit, which is if for the if you have not many people probably do, but (laughs) if you bought the CD to the soundtrack to Revenge of the Sith, it came with a bonus DVD that's basically like a music video. Um, I did that. I had that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying to like shame blast points into having a whole podcast about. Oh, this they movie. totally will. I'm surprised they haven't already. Yeah, but it, but it's uh, it's in it's you know, is the emperor is you know your host, and like they basically have this music DVD, and because. I, that one day, helped with this one little thing. My, it's my maiden name, Amy Witcher. But like, you know, like I saw the credits for that. And it was like, special thanks, Amy Witcher, like in the, like the blue font and the, the space. And I was like, oh, like that literally, like, you know, I was like, no, I can die. It was interesting how this very, like, that wasn't a large part of my experience with the job. But like, when I think about the job, like I do think about, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that was amazing. <laughs> That would be what I would remember too. <laughs> that I got my name in the blue font on like official Lucasfilm merch and like Prada. <laughs> Are we allowed to ask what you were working on, like what you were restoring during your time there? So when I was there, I did a lot of work for a database that no longer exists which helped kind of break down Star Wars scenes for the original trilogy and the prequels, break it down by like what different dialogue was in different scenes. And, you know, it was it was kind of like more like database work. I did a lot of that. And then I just did a lot of like retrieval and like looking at the when people would need footage, I would take it out and make sure, you know, like repair it if it needed to be repaired or like take a look at it on a flat table to kind of understand what was going on. I did get a chance to look at the deleted scenes to the original trilogy early because it was before that Blu-ray had come out and my boss knew that eventually those scenes would be released. And so I got a sneak peek at those, which was quite fun. Um, And then just gave, you know, an assessment report about, you know, what was going on. But, But I didn't really work on anything too secretive. But one of my funniest memories is I didn't go to very many meetings, like literally at all in a year, but I did go to one that was, it was in the house. And so I was constantly just trying to like (laughs) look around and like wander, you know, like without getting in trouble. And I was in, I was right outside the theater 
that is there, which is a really gorgeous theater because I kind of like, you know, poked my head and like, you know, tried to sneak around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was in this meeting and I've, I can't remember what the actual meeting was for, but somebody started talking about how they were going to replace Yoda in The Phantom Menace. The, they, they were going to replace the puppet with digital. And I remember like someone just kind of like casually said that. And I think I had kind of perked up because like I had not heard that like that was going to happen. And then everyone in the room kind of looked at me like, who is she? Like, <laughs> why is she here? And then like it just, and then it just went away, you know, because I don't even think that was a huge secret that they were going to do it. But I just kind of remember that I was like, you know, I think I must have like made a face or like, you know, <laughs> you know, been like wrestled my feathers a little bit. I was like, excuse me, what are we doing with Yoda? <laughs> That's the coolest thing ever, because if you were there around the time of Revenge of the Sith, that they had been discussing that for a really long time before then, because that didn't get released until like 2010, 2011 for that like full cut. That's crazy. That's super cool. You were sitting on some like gold mine of information. Well, I was also like terrified of, you know, breaking any like confidentiality. Hopefully that won't get me in trouble. You know, they'll be like, you gave a secret away about something you did 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I remember like, you know, have like someone sent me the script to, you know, the script that had all the deleted stuff taken out of it of Revenge of the Sith. And I remember really wanting to email it to myself so I could have it. But I was like, I didn't want to like get in trouble, <laughs> you know, like. Um, and really, like, when I look back on it, I wish I would have taken, like, so many more pictures of so many things. But, like, I really was just completely, like, everything is secret. Nothing must be photographed. You know, nothing must be shared. Yeah. Nothing must be, you know, you know, nothing must be done. That's the vibe. I feel like I would I, – although I guess now it would probably be easier to, like, sneak – pictures on your phone and be like oh it was just it was just texting I was just holding my phone or like oops I lost my way to the bathroom how did I end up here in the museum I don't know (laughs) the dorkiest thing is that like if I ever did sneak a picture of something it wouldn't even be because I want to leak it it's just because I want to have it like I don't want to leak anything like I don't think it's fun and so it's just like oh no it's my precious you know (laughs) yeah I I can imagine that 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 would feel really good to like hold that in and be like I knew about this and like so few people did and I know about this for like many years before it comes out (laughs) I also wanted to ask you just to kind of shift gears because like I actually could listen to you talk about Skywalker Ranch like all day if I'm being honest but I wanted to ask you about Recently, I think in last year, you took a like an online college course about Star Wars, right? I did, yeah. And how how was that? So it was cool. So it was uh, someone who I had interviewed. They they had worked. I'd met her through. She helped Annalise Ophelian with looking for Leia with some research with that. Her name is uh, Dr. Amy H. Sturgis, and she teaches a class through Sigmund, Sig- Signum University, um, and I just audited it, and it was all online, of course, because it was last year, um, and it was the meaning of Star Wars, and it was really interesting to that that class kind of attracts a huge variety of people, like people who aren't very familiar with Star Wars, are extremely familiar with Star Wars, write about Star Wars academically, you know, for different like conferences, and it was really interesting to hear the discussions from people like during the lecture and then you, you email kind of like discussion groups, what it, what attracts everyone? What do they like? What do they not like? And it gave me an excuse to kind of read some books or reread some books that I hadn't had a chance to either buy before or read before, or like, you know, I had read them so long ago that it was kind of like reading it for the first time, but it was really, it was really cool. I would hi- highly recommend it. Uh, there's more and more kind of pop culture geek focused classes that really take these fictional stories quite seriously. And, and it was it was really fun to kind of it was a different way to kind of look at Star Wars. Totally. I took in college, I took two kind of geek focused courses. I took a C.S. Lewis course that was actually a religion course, which is a really interesting lens to look at it. And then I also took another course that was another religious course, but it was looking at Harry Potter and also comparing Lord of the Rings. And I can't even, I've talked about it many times on the show, longtime listeners probably know and are like sick of me talking about it. But I always find I return to those kind of lessons a lot because I learned so much from examining it in an academic way that it was really fun. I wish I took that course. I definitely, I thought about it and I definitely should have done it. And I regret it a lot. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pop culture is just so applicable, right? Like not every class has to be just about the classics. Yeah. Things like Star Wars and Harry Potter and, and C.S. Lewis, like these stories are important to the mass, <laughs> to the masses, like in everyday life. And I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that there are more college courses and uh, like 
academic perspectives on these things that are pop culture because they are important and they're worthy of that kind of study and attention to detail. Yeah, totally agree. That's what we're all doing here, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I hope it's important. That's yeah. just like, <laughs> I'm just like justifying what we all do in our spare time and, and you do professionally. <laughs> like, yes, 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 that's important. <laughs> But uh, to kind of wrap things up, as you know, uh, we do do our Star Wars dinner party question, which uh, you have been on the show before. So you have answered this question before. Do you remember at all who you brought to your original Star Wars dinner party? I have it written down if you don't. I totally don't. (laughs) Do you you want to invite your new guests and then we tell you who you invited to see if there's overlap or do you want me to tell you now? No, I, I already I wrote down my list and I'm firmly on my list. So tell okay. me what my old list was. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so your list back then was number one, Ewan McGregor. He's number one on my list now too. <laughs> I was re-listening to it and you were like, I'm not you were like, without a doubt, Ewan McGregor. So that doesn't surprise me that he's still number one on your list. Okay, so Ewan McGregor, you had Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Kathleen Kennedy, and then John Boyega were all at your list, are all at your dinner party last time you were on the show. Oh my god, that's funny. I have three of the same. <laughs> it happens. I'm very, very consistent. Yeah, I mean, Ewan McGregor, because, you know, I love Kenobi, and I also happen to love him, <laughs> you know, in a non creepy way. Uh, no, but I think that Ewan McGregor would be fascinating to talk to just because, especially because he's doing the new Kenobi show, like, just to kind of re- have a chance to revisit that character. That's my totally serious reason why I want to talk with Ewan McGregor. Kathleen Kennedy, I would always, I think, invite... Not only just talk to her about Star Wars, but just talk to her about her entire career, like throughout the 80s and 90s, like working in the film industry. I would love her. I also have John Boyega. And I think it's just because I think that every dinner party would be better with him in it. Like, I don't see any kind of awkward silence or any kind of like weird, you know, like silence with him there. Like, I just think that he would be, he wouldn't allow it. Like, it it would just immediately be a fun conversation if he was part of it. And I also really, really love Finn and hope that we get some some more Finn stories. And I would I would love it if it was him, but you know, even if it's just comics or or novels, I really do hope for some more Finn. And then this time I added John Favreau, who I thought I was so happy that John Favreau got to do a Star Wars because I mean he's older than I am, but like when when he when Swingers came out, I was very single in LA. And like I just remember that we would always go to like all of the clubs and all of the places, bars, like that were in that movie. And you know, it was just so relatable. Like the whole like, let's go to Vegas. Yes. Oh, why do we why are we driving? I love that. That That was like the perfectly timed movie for me. Like I was, you know, that was a very perfect movie. And so I always kind of latched on to him after that movie and kind of when he has successes, like I feel good about it. And so I'd love to chat with him about kind of what he wants to see for the future of the Mandalorian. And then because I'm both always obsessed with handmaidens and I'm currently obsessed with the Godfather films, which I always return to, like, I feel like in times of stress, I don't know why I return to the Godfather films, but I love them. (laughs) And so like, I've been going down this Godfather rabbit hole, like reading this, like making up book that I hadn't read for a long time. I would invite Sofia Coppola. Wow. Um, I just interviewed Rabe, the actress who played Rabe from The Phantom Menace. And now I'm just even more obsessed about trying to track down more of these women that played the handmaidens and with Sophia obviously it would be amazing because that was such a small part of her life and just such kind of a weird thing that she was a part of not weird but you know like not something that you would think and I would just love 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 to hear her Star Wars story that is such a good list I obviously I like exclaimed I was I'm so obsessed with the addition of Sophia Coppola I think I would love to speak with her I've listened to so many interviews with her because I think her story her life is just so cool I can't imagine growing up around all of this and then also growing up to be an amazing filmmaker too and making some of the best movies ever I also love that you included Jon Favreau I think this is the first time someone has brought Jon Favreau to a dinner right Caitlin I think so. Yeah. I think that the, I actually think the combination of John Favreau and John Boyega is uh, like golden. Like you, <laughs> you are going to have just such like a, a boisterous, loud, but like so charming and fun is your dinner, is the vibe of your dinner. Like I feel like it's just going to stretch on until like y'all are going to go get breakfast together. I can be like an introvert and kind of like, you know, be quiet, you know, in situations like that. But if I'm around other people who are very extroverted, very, you know, boisterous, like then I can kind of rise to that. So 
Yeah. I thought, and just the idea of socializing with people is just like so completely bizarre now. <laughs> right. So like, true. I don't even know what I would do at a table with anybody. Like, you're all sitting too close to me. Please go away. <laughs> Six uh, <to> me, please. <laughs> Yeah, I think that Sophia Coppola is going to be my new, like, put out into the universe what you want. I was like, Sophia Coppola, do a 365 Star Wars interview, interview with me. I'm going to put that out in the universe, too. Yeah, yeah. Manifest it. We're manifesting it now. That's our word. That's our word. That's Uh our word. Manifest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming back on the show. Um, Like we said at the the top of the show, it has been such a treat to have been able to know you for so long and to have you back on the show and to just see everything that you've been able to accomplish in the past couple years. It truly is amazing. And we are so lucky to have you as a friend and as a part of the Star Wars fandom community online. Um, It really is special. And we really are just so happy for you and the accomplishment of this book. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It was wonderful to return. So where can people find you online to keep up with you personally? And then also, um, if you can remind our listeners, uh, your website for the 365 Project. Yeah, so the website um, is just 365starwars.com. Online, you can find me on Twitter um, at Amy Rickow. There's also three at 365 underscore Star Wars, but I tweet much more for my personal one. And on Instagram, 365 Star Wars. And yeah, I hope people enjoy the book. And, you know, I'm still contributing to starwars.com and Star Wars Insider. And so I'm hoping to get some stuff, good stuff greenlit and, you know, to continue having an excuse to to watch more Star Wars again. <laughs> yes, yes, love that. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I will also put the link to all those links that you mentioned in the show notes, including the link to the book. And with all that said, thank you so much, Amy. You're the best. And Caitlin completely summed it all up. I think Caitlin and I have talked about often how thankful we are to have you as almost an ambassador and someone who, you know, really helps the Star Wars community, especially the community of women, and lifts us all up. It's just we're really, really thankful for you. And we really couldn't be more excited that you published a Star Wars book. It's so amazing. Thank you so much. That means that means a lot. All right. That was our interview with our friend Amy. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had a great time talking to her. And yeah, her time at Skywalker Ranch, obsessed with. Wish, <laughs> wish I could experience that for myself. Maybe one day. But uh, if you want to find us online to talk more to us about really any Star Wars relationship, we're here for it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com, or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook, uh, your social media preference. <laughs> We're probably there. <laughs> and if you want to email us, you can email us hello at SkyTalkers.com or Caitlin at SkyTalkers.com or Charlotte at SkyTalkers.com. And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you took a second to head on over there and leave us a review. It helps other people find our show and connect with us all about Star Wars. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out our different levels there. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Jason, Joey, Jackson, Neil, Suara, Mike, Kelly, Susanna, Cherie, Lauren, Diana, Katie, Amy, Courtney, Becca, Z, Sarah, Larry, Mary, and Kyle. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.